Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. But first, a quick thank you to our sponsor. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast is brought to you by International Coffee Farms. International Coffee Farms grows and sells specialty coffee in Boquete, Panama. They now have 11 fully operational coffee farms and they are 100% sold out. They are accepting reservations for farm number 12. The idea of owning a safe, diversified offshore investment is intriguing to you. Check out International Coffee Farms at internationalcoffeefarms.com. That's internationalcoffeefarms.com. We are back here on the weekend edition. We interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Tampa, Florida. Welcome to the show, Ty Crandall. Victor, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, great to have you. So Ty, you are in a specialty area of financing. A lot of people, when you talk about real estate financing, we talk about secured lending, asset-based lending, things like that. You are in a completely different space. But before we dive into that, how did you get into that area of specialty? You know, the first business I ever owned was a mortgage company, and I owned it at the height of the mortgage industry. So when everything collapsed, um, I lost the business. And as a result of making a lot of mistakes, including uh, getting you know credit for a business that reported on my personal credit reports and personally guaranteeing that money, uh, it pushed me almost to the verge of a personal bankruptcy. So years later, I would discover a solution that could have prevented that, and I've been you know doing this ever since. I love that. You know, there's so many powerful lessons that people have learned out of that credit crisis that hit us 10 years ago. And boy, we would do so many things differently if we'd only known what we know today. Isn't that true? It is true. It is true. But then again, a lot of my failures there led to my successes now. So I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have to learn from those mistakes. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So you run an organization called Credit Suite. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, what we do is we help businesses get capital, and we do so by helping them improve their fundability by you know, decoding what lenders and credit issuers are looking for and then helping them meet that criteria to actually get approved uh, by helping build business credit. That's you know, credit that's linked to the business EIN that's not linked to the personal social security number without a personal guarantee or personal credit requirements. And then we also help with obtaining all different kinds of business loans and credit lines as well. One of the things that I've always believed and we talk about frequently on the show is that when you're dealing with a lender, they're really only asking one question. The question is, if I lend you money, how am I getting it back? And they have very creative, you know, sometimes even 50 different ways of asking that same question, but it really boils down to that one question. In large part, but the problem nowadays is that that's really not what they're looking for. What they're looking for is fraud. So uh, many applications never even get it to a point where they're assessed for qualification purposes. And that's what we see more times than not is that these lenders are plagued by outrageous numbers of fraud applications. So, you know, certain things like discrepancies between the business name or address from secretary of state records versus application records throws up red alerts where they're thinking it could be potential fraud. And we see a lot of applications get denied before they even get to the qualification part, before their merits of potential qualification are even reviewed. So there's a lot that lenders are looking at in that process to determine if they'll even look at an app, let alone approve it. That's actually an interesting insight. It's something that I hadn't considered because you know when you do good business, you don't think about the, the whole uh, fraud side of the business, but you have to acknowledge that it's out there. I guess I have to imagine that it exists as well in the mortgage area and in the, in the commercial loans area. Sure. I mean, what happens is lenders have databases like the Small Business Finance Exchange, um, you know, LexisNexis that they're getting information from that has a lot of details about them. And then what they're doing is they're taking application data and they're just cross-checking it against that information. And when they start to see discrepancies in spelling of name and in address and 
phone number, these type of discrepancies throw up these red flags, which oftentimes lead to denial. Fascinating. Assuming you're doing good business, which is where we start from, explain the difference between business credit and, let's say, secured credit for real estate. What are the lenders looking for there? Well, business credit is very similar with consumer credit, especially when you talk about credit cards. They're both unsecured. The biggest difference with business credit is that when you're building business credit properly, you're establishing a credit profile, you're establishing a credit score for the business. And so then the business begins to use that credit profile and score to start qualifying for high limit revolving credit cards. Now, these high limit revolving credit cards are in the business name. So they don't require personal credit checks from the business owner to get approved. They don't require a personal guarantee from the business owner to get approved. So, you know, the business owner is able to go in and get a $20,000 Home Depot uh, credit card for, you know, repair um, on a property. And they're also able to come in and get a you know, $20,000 Visa card that they can use to liquidate the card and even get the funds to purchase properties. Uh, and they can do all that without a personal guarantee, without a personal credit check. It's unsecured. So no collaterals required. There aren't even any uh, revenue requirements for approval. It's one of the only type of financing where cash flow credit collateral um, aren't the driving factors of approval. What are some of the things that a business needs to do to really prepare to establish that credit? Is it any different than what they need to do as an individual? Yeah, absolutely. It's very much the same. I mean, you know, with individual personal credit, you start with small limit credit cards. You, uh, you know, uh, obtain those, you use those, the limits get higher and you get more access to financing your credit. It's the same thing in the business world. It's just instead of starting with low secure limit credit or low limit secure credit cards, in our world, they're using what's called vendor credit. And these are vendors like Uline and Quill, Granger. And what's unique about these vendors is they'll give you credit even when you have no business credit established now. And then they take the credit, the payments, and they report it to an actual business credit reporting agency like Dun & Bradstreet or Equifax Experian. So once you have about five of those accounts reporting, then you have a deep enough credit profile and score to then start moving forward and applying for actual retail credits. So that could be the Home Depot, the Lowe's, uh, Sam's Club, Costco, Apple. I mean, almost all major retailers offer that kind of business credit. And then as you continue to obtain more credit and get to about 14 accounts, you're able to get auto vehicle financing, even Visa card, MasterCard, American Express cash credit, um, all without the personal guarantee and without the personal credit check. So who are your typical clients? Are we talking, you know, commercial businesses? Are we talking small businesses? Who's, where's the sweet spot? We really deal with two types of businesses. We deal with a lot of businesses that are typically 1 million and less, even to a startup level where they're trying to obtain financing, but they're not able to have fin- to obtain financing. They're, uh, they don't have the credit. They don't have the cash flow. They don't have the collateral to qualify. And then we deal with the other side, the more well-established businesses that are trying to get financing and do so at the best terms and they're being denied the financing um, or they're paying much higher terms on the financing than they'd like to pay in large part because of their business credit quality. And once they're discovering that, then they're coming in to build and improve that business credit so then they have a better chance of qualifying for financing and getting better terms on the financing they do get. So when we talk about these different credit lines, what are we talking? Are we talking 10, 20,000? Are we talking something more substantial? Well, business credit typically, you know, the limits per SBA on these accounts are about 10 to 100 times higher than what you're going to find with consumer credit. So, you know, we see individual limit credit cards at, of $300,000 I saw the other day. But typically, you're talking about ten dollars to $30,000. If the business owner is using that card frequently, then you move into the like $40,000 tier on the individual card. And then you're only going to see some select vendors do $100,000, $150,000, You know, we saw an approval the other day from Ford for $140,000. We saw another one for over $200,000 for Ford. So Ken, depends on the type of financing as well. But on regular credit cards, it's typically about $10,000 to $40,000 
uh, depending on how much you're actually using that credit card. So for the business owner that's looking for this type of credit, I mean, you know, the thing we always have to remember that uh, borrowing money is always a claim on future revenue. So you've eventually got to have in your business plan the pathway to repaying that loan, even if the lender doesn't ask that question. You have to have that, otherwise you don't have a sustainable business. So what are some of the best uses for this types of credit? Well, look, I think the, 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 the best use of financing in general are, are revolving credit, whether it be credit lines or whether it be credit cards. Because as you mentioned, you know, with this, you don't have to pay what you don't use. So if you get a limit of $10,000, it's not like a loan where then an instant payment starts. You're only using what you need to use and then paying it back. As a type of credit, it wildly varies based on the industries that we service. So if we're working with truck drivers, then you know they're really concerned about fuel cards. They're really concerned about the Costco credit card, the Shell, the Fuel Man fleet, the BP credit cards. Our real estate investor clients, they're most concerned with labor ready and Home Depot and Lowe's where they're actually able to get building supplies. Uh, and then they're also interested in the American Express, the Visa card, the MasterCard that they could liquidate uh, to purchase properties. And then, you know, People that work in offices are concerned with Office Depot and Staples and Apple and Dell. So it really wildly varies based on the type of company and what kind of uh, things they actually need to purchase. Fascinating. Do you get involved at all in business line factoring? Sure, absolutely. We deal with uh, account receivable factoring. We deal with many different types of factoring and other asset-based financing products. But there's a lot of amazing financing products out there that work for business owners, real estate investors, the you know, somebody that owns the software. So what we've really done is we work with every legitimate business funding program that's out there, over a thousand lenders, and we just pull it to one place. That's 401k financing, using stocks, bonds, IRAs to get financing to, you know, purchasing commercial real estate or commercial vehicles or using a book of business uh, for financing or equipment, inventory, account receivables, purchase orders, any of that kind of asset-based lending we work with. Maybe you can explain factoring for, for our listeners who may not be familiar with it. Sure. Uh, typically, what we're dealing with is you know account receivable financing, which is also called account receivable factoring. And there's many different types, but with the type that we typically work with, you know, somebody is taking payments that their customers are paying them on terms, and they're basically getting that money advanced to them the next day instead of waiting weeks or sometimes months to get paid. So it allows clients to be able to have, take payments from their customers on terms, but yet not have to wait that time to get paid. They're able able to get most of that money advanced up to 90% of that money advanced uh, within 24 hours. So it's not really a loan. All you're doing is basically just selling future receivables um, at a discounted rate. Yeah, that's exactly right. So then is the credit worthiness of the well, in that kind of financing, they're not worried about the actual person they're approving the borrower. They're worried about the borrower's clients. So what exactly. they're doing is there and this is where business credit, for example, comes into play. So when they're looking into those the business owners' clients, they're pulling commercial credit reports. And commercial credit reports have, uh, you know, they even have scores such as the SIR rating, which is a supplier evaluation rating, which even tells them it's a score that's specifically for that purpose that they're looking for that rates the riskiness of that borrower. So they're not looking at the borrower getting the money. They're looking at that borrower's clients because ultimately it's those clients that's paying the invoice, not the borrower. Exactly. So let's say if your customer is Walmart and you're supplying to Walmart, you know, they may be paying you on 90 day terms and you want to get that money. Now you don't want to wait 90 days. Walmart pays its bills generally. So they're a good credit and uh, you get the money quickly. Sure. And, you know, Walmart's a great example of business credit use. If you pull just their Experian credit report, they have over 500 trade lines. So as an example of how Walmart operates, over 80%, that's 80% of all the cash that gets injected into Walmart comes from business credit. What they're actually doing is they're filling their shelves using credit. 
They're using business credit to fill their shelves, and then they're using the money from their customers to pay off that credit. They do that with 80% of what they're actually putting on their shelves. And as a result, business credit even has uh, more capital into the business than a shareholder value. So a lot of the inventory, in some respects, they don't actually own it, even though on paper they do. Sure. I mean, look, this is how big, you know, all businesses get to be as big as they are. It's OPM. You know, there's a reason that Apple's sitting on billions of dollars of liquid cash and yet they're still fine. They're still getting financing because, you know, these companies that become the biggest out there publicly and privately owned, they're all very, very good at using other people's money. This is where from Microsoft to Apple to Walmart to everywhere in between, when you look at their business credit reports, they have hundreds of these revolving trade lines. That's why they're able to go out and secure the credit they have. It's not because they're Walmart. It's like you said earlier, it's because they pay their bills and they have a history of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of accounts of doing so. So whenever they need money, they go get the money without you know uh, anybody in the Walden family actually signing as guarantors. I love that. If folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? We've got a great guide. We didn't get a chance to dive into all the steps of business credit building. So it's at creditsuite.com forward slash EIN. So that's Credit Suite, which is S-U-I-T-E uh, forward slash EIN. And there's a great guide that maps out all the steps uh, to building business credit. Why don't we dive into maybe one or two of the highlights out of that out of that guide? Well, one of the things that we dive into is we look at the whole credibility check that you need to go through to really establish fundability. Uh, we also dive into vendors that will help you build initial credit and more into the steps to getting the revolving retail, the fleet credit, and the cash credit as well. Fantastic. Well, folks, definitely reach out to Ty at creditsuite.com slash EIN, and that's spelled creditsuite, S-U-I-T-E dot com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.